Welcome everyone. Hope all is well. I'm here today with my good friend Andrew. Welcome to the show, Andrew. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well, Garrett. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm so excited to have you here. I know he's good. He's been a good friend of mine for a while, and he's actually the mayor of our city of Wallen. So I'm super excited to hear your story and your growth as a leader. Looking forward to sharing some insight. Can you? For our audience, can you tell us a little about who you are, what you do, and what your background is? Yeah, so I am, uh, my name is Andrew Rodriguez. I am a, a born and raised Walmutian. Um, uh, I have a twin brother. We both went to Walnut schools from kindergarten through 12th grade. Um, did my undergrad at Rutgers University in New Jersey. I have a master's from the University of Southern California and uh, been on the Walnut City Council since April of 2016, and I, uh, I recently completed my term as mayor. So it's, it's, been, a, it's been a great ride, and I, it's, it's just uh, wonderful being able to uh, serve the city that you know, raised me and made me the person who I am today. Yeah, I can definitely say that. I mean, you've done a great job so far with Walnut. I mean, it's, it's been growing over the years, and it's, it keeps getting better and better, so I'm very excited to see what Walnut has more in store. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. What is your definition of leadership? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I feel like leadership is a role that an individual plays who is able to, um, to, who has a vision, who is able to see that vision and is able to bring uh, people together to accomplish uh, that goal. Um, leadership takes many forms, right? You can be uh, an actual you can have an executive position um, or you can be someone in a group um, who is able to work well with others. I consider that a leader, but a leader is someone who is able to see a goal ha or have a vision, set a goal and is able to work with others to achieve that goal. I love your definition. I mean, I love how you said that there's different forms of it. You know, many times organizations or, or businesses, they always think of one leader, but I mean, there's so many different types of saying that, you know, there's leadership within community, leadership within a family, leadership within yourself as well. So, I mean, that's a very good point to make. Yeah, absolutely. What are some common leadership mistakes? Uh, from my personal experience, I feel like uh, leaders have to acknowledge that they don't know everything, right? Um, I am the first to admit I do not know everything. So uh, once I understand that I am a and accept that, I feel like I am able to absorb uh, new knowledge, new skill sets. Um, and uh, that's definitely uh, something that's helped me in terms of my position as a council member, as a mayor, and in my other capacities and roles. Um, I think, uh, when people say, oh, I know what I'm doing. You can be confident about what you're doing. You have an understanding, but to say you know everything, I, I think that's a, it's a very big mistake. And not being able to listen to others and not being able to acknowledge when you're wrong um, and uh, also not being open-minded. Uh, I feel like the best leaders are open-minded people who are willing to listen to folks that may not agree with them. I think that's a very strong leadership trait um, to get a well-versed and well-rounded um, opinion on a certain task or issue or, or whatever it may be, right? So um, 
a leader is someone who's adaptable, who can listen to other people, um, and who, who knows they don't know everything, but is, but understands that they are open to suggestions and are always constantly learning. I like how you said uh, they're open to be open to suggestions. You know, many times people aren't very open to suggestions, you know, no matter what capacity is, but I mean, yeah, many times people don't like, sometimes that information might be like the problem you're solving, but you may not know it because you're not open to it. So it's a yeah. great point to make as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. You're, you hit the nail on the head with that. I know before COVID we had, you know, you had your priorities, you know, with education, municipality, business development. I know COVID's kind of made it a little more different, but how do you prioritize? Yeah, so I think first and foremost, uh, as, as a council member, as mayor, your, your priority is to make sure that your constituents are safe and that essential services um, are, are kept uh, to the highest standard, right? So that's, that's my first and foremost priority. Um, back in March, the city did have its, uh, the first COVID-19 related death in Los Angeles County. So that was kind of a, an experience uh, I'll never forget. Um, but uh, which is why, you know, we uh, immediately thereafter, we started practicing physical distancing within, within city hall and, um, you know, th this was, this was before like the shutdown order came and, uh, it was just, it was quite an experience, but uh, yeah, going back to your question, the first and foremost priority, uh, for me as an elected official serving the city of Walnut is definitely the public safety of the community. And then it would be at public safety of the community and our employees, right? Our staff who make the city run. So the public safety, our, our finances, making sure that the city is in a good shape, is in good shape financially, that we're able to provide services. Um, this is very expensive, uh, you know, to, to maintain everything. So making sure that we are financially sound. Education, that's more um, uh, the school district and that is actually its own agency. So they kind of do their own thing. But we do work with them and we, uh, obviously we're very supportive of, of both school districts that uh, fall within the city of Walnut's boundaries and we do everything we can to support them. And then our business development, right? So our business owners, they're really um, entrepreneurs who are invested in the community. They, they're taking a risk by starting a business in the city. So we want to do everything we can to make sure that they are successful as well. Um, and and. I know with COVID, it's, it's been very difficult, but the city has tried um, to be proactive, like letting restaurants set up uh, tables, out tables and outdoor seating so that people can eat to offset, um, you know, restaurants who are not able to have indoor dining. Um, and we're uh, currently working with our uh, federal uh, elected officials like Congressman Cisneros um, to advocate for money that we can, um, help small business owners with. So there's just, it's multifaceted, but um, I hope that kind of gives an understanding in terms of like my priorities and how I, I um, approach city governance. Yeah, I think safety is so important, you know, as so you're, you're kind of the go-to, so everyone's looking for you. You're saying for safety, so I mean, I think it's, that's, that's a very good point, no matter what situation you're in, whether it's good times or bad times as well. Yeah. I know you kind of like, kind of touched on this, but would you, I guess kind of add to how, what's your mental thought process on how you approach 
pressing issues? Yeah, so um, I definitely, before I make any decision, I definitely want to be prepped on an issue. Uh, I want to make sure I understand what's going on. I think that's super important. Uh, as, as someone who is serving the public, you need to be educated and you need to understand the issues that are in front of you, right? And so um, whether that's like a basic vote on a conditional use permit or when you're actually dealing with serious issues like COVID, right? You want to make sure you understand the situation and that you have a team that's willing to work with you and that can get that, that you work well with so you can collaborate and execute a plan that's most beneficial for, for residents. I think that's, that's super important. I agree. Many people see us there as typically older, but I know you're a few years older than me and we're both in our 20s and you definitely shatter that being mayor. How were you able to accomplish that? Yeah, so um, I, I understand that I, I'm, in, I'm uh, very lucky to be in the position that I am, that I am in currently. Um, but I also think I, I worked very hard for it. Um, when I ran in 2016, I was literally knocking on voters' doors every day for, for several months, right? Um, so something, if you want something bad enough, you'll do it, right? Um, again, like with like every, like most things, right? It's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I was able to to have a to organize a a really solid city council campaign, and um, also use my resources effectively and efficiently. I think that's super important in any whether you're in a company or you're you're in some sort of leadership role. Um, be effective. Uh, I really believe in effective government, um, effective campaigns, win elections, right? So um, I was I was able to work outwork everybody when I first ran for, for office, right? And so in Walnut, we don't run for mayor, right? So <clears throat> we run for city council and then the council members take turns and rotate being mayor. So um, that's not guaranteed. I mean, your council colleagues do have to recognize and, and, and support you to be mayor because if they don't feel like you're adequately prepared, they won't support you, right? It's not just a given. It has to be unanimous. It has to, not necessarily unanimous, but it has to be the majority of the city council has to, has to support you being mayor. So um, uh, I just work very hard. I'm I, I do my best to educate myself on the issues um, and try and be in as accessible as, as possible. And I think that really helps in terms of, um, you know, your reputation that you are accessible, you, you do get back, even though it might be late, I might lag a little bit. Um, I do my best to make sure that I respond to, to inquiries if, if I'm asked. That's awesome. I mean, that's even better. I mean, people who, who, who trust you in that council, they trust you so much and believe in you. So, I mean, that's, that's awesome, man. Congratulations. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought I was voted for, for mayor, but. Yeah. Yeah, now to these smaller cities in Southern California, um, we made the like council members and then we rotate being mayor. But in like larger cities like Los Angeles, Long Beach, uh, Pasadena, um, those, those cities actually are directly elected mayor. Oh, I know you said you were knocking on doors, but I mean, I'm pretty sure you weren't able to accomplish meeting every single person. 
but how how are you able to build trust with those that don't exactly know who you are yeah so uh, for those who are not familiar with like political processes right so a campaign is about you want to talk to as many voters as possible right and so um our kind of strategy was talk to as many people who we call them high propensity voters so those are people who have never missed an election right so if you if you have let's say you have a you look at the last five city council elections, right? And someone has voted in all of them or four out of the five, right? They're very like, it's more than likely that they're gonna vote in this election, right? So you wanna talk to them. Um, and that's kind of like our, that was our strategy. We just talked to as many voters as possible. Now, I was uh, fortunate in the sense that uh, when I ran, uh, it was an April, um, most elections are either like the primaries are in like March or June. And then there's obviously a big one in November with like presidential elections and midterms. Right. Um, but a lot of people do not vote in like April elections. Um, so the turnout was going to be quite, quite a bit lower. So I could, I felt like I could talk to um, at least a significant portion of the high propensity voters who um, we're going to vote. So that's what I did. I just, and you can buy the information from the, from the data roll, um, which is um, at the County of Los Angeles. And you just go and you knock on the door and you present yourself, you make sure you're well-rounded and well-versed on issues and you make your case and that's it, you know? Well, sounds like you really did plan a lot. I mean, that's, that's really, that's really good to do. I mean, not many people would, people would see a slow season. It's like, oh, slow season doesn't there's nothing for me to do but you're kind of like the opposite like, oh this is an opportunity yeah so, i mean that's that's really awesome for a savvy person yeah with being married you have to have the vision as you said how do you get people behind your vision yeah so i, I uh not everybody's gonna agree with your vision right um but i think if you're able to uh, if I have a vision, this is, what, this is what I would usually do. I would have a vision. I'd have an idea. I'd bring the idea to uh, our city staff, um, kind of give reasoning as to why like, I'm thinking a certain way and how, why I'd like to see a change or why I would like to implement a certain idea, get their feedback. And if they were supportive of it, then I'd bring in like my, what I call kitchen cabinet. So those are folks that like I trust who live in the community um and uh just kind of get their advice to see if that is supportive um because they're like your typical walnut residents right and so i want to hear what they have to think and if they're supportive okay then i bring it on and i move forward and then um either bring it to a council meeting or a council study session and uh just just try and figure out uh you know, what the best steps is from there. But I think a lot of it has to do with education, educating folks, like why you think uh, a certain idea would be beneficial to the community, right? And you're not gonna get everybody to 100% agree with you, but if you're able to um, exude a strong argument, I think that's a great foundation to getting your vision and what your uh, policy agenda achieved. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. I think it's kind of answered my next question too, but I mean, how do you decide what's best for the city? Because, you know, there's so many different ethnicities, cultures, educational backgrounds, you know, it's hard to, I guess, like balance all of them to make it what's best for everybody. Yeah, at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for the the most amount of people. That's, that's how I look at it, right? So, um, 
let's say, um, you know, there might be a, a, a development project where residents have concerns about um, like traffic or, or something um, related to, I'm just using this as an example, right? Yeah. Obviously their concerns are valid and you want to address it. Um, but at the end of the day, if there is going to be like sales tax revenue or um, housing stock that uh, new housing stock that would allow younger families to move into the city, then I also have to take that into consideration as well, right? So there's, um, you know, traffic, that's great. I mean, or excuse me, traffic, you know, that's, you know, that's a valid concern and I, I understand. But then on the other hand, you might have new restaurants or you might have new housing where younger families can move in. So in situations like that, you know, you want to get a well-versed sense of the project, of its impact on the city. Uh, and then you ultimately make a decision of what you think will be the greater good over the long period, uh, over a long period of time, right? Because a lot of people look short-sighted. They're very short-sighted. They don't think in the long term. But uh, I am of the opinion that that all of my decisions should be uh, looked at um, in a long-term uh, perspective. I think that's how you really leave your mark on a place. That's right. I was actually gonna say that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, many people like to think short-term, oh, what's the, what's the immediate benefit? But it's like, short-term only lasts for short-term, you know? Like, what's next after that? You can think short-term again? But like if you're saying if you think long term, then it makes everything a lot smoother, a lot more efficient over the course of the time. I know we're stuck in COVID still, unfortunately, but you know it is what it is. Uh, what has COVID taught you about leadership? Yeah, uh, yeah, COVID has definitely been. Uh, it's been yeah, it's been a very difficult situation to. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking in so many ways. Um, you know, it's hurting so many businesses. It's affecting all of our lives, right? Um, I, what I've learned from it is that one, you can't, there are some things that are completely out of your control. Like you just don't have any control over it whatsoever. You do have the, you do, you are able to control your reaction, though, right? So there are some things that are going to happen in your life that you just have no control over and you just have to accept it. But you do, uh, it is your responsibility and you yourself to figure out how you're going to react to situations, right? Yeah, um, the COVID situation sucks. Yes, we're, we, we're locked up at home a lot more than we probably would like. Um, but there's also opportunities that come from that, right? Um, you can, you're able to help people. You can learn a new skill. Um, I've been, I've been practicing my Spanish every day since March. So it's definitely seen uh, quite a bit of an improvement since uh, before the pandemic. So I try and look at things on the bright side in every case, yes, it's not the best situation. It's not the ideal situation, but um, it, what it's taught me is is really uh, you you are the determining factor in how you react to situations, and why being sad or being depressed or like getting yourself all riled up about 
a situation that may not go your way, what does that do for you? That doesn't help the situation, doesn't do anything, right? So you just got to really make the best out of everything. And, um, you know, you're only on, you're only alive for so long. Why would you stress yourself out? It's, it's not worth it. So um, I, I just try my best to, you know, to look, look at everything in a positive way and um you know try and help as many people as possible making sure that everybody is safe right now and um you know a lot of people are struggling so uh definitely check in with your family and friends who who are struggling just make sure that you know you're there for them and um you do your best to be a good brother a good friend a good family member whatever you need to be i definitely agree i mean many people are have been super reactive to covid i mean it's it kind of i noticed that when it, when it first started everyone was such a havoc you know especially with the media kind of like exaggerated it more but i mean it kind of still kind of do see that now but i mean it's not as bad but i mean like at the end of the day like you said we, you know we had the ultimate choice of our decisions we understand yeah. that then we're gonna we're gonna go in a deep spiral even lower than we started but i don't think anyone wants to do that so we gotta think yeah I, you're saying. you gotta think positive and you gotta do what's best for everybody right like I am of the opinion, strongly of the opinion that, you know, wearing a mask while it's inconvenient, if it saves lives, I'm willing to do it as long as I need to. Um, That's just because I I really feel that like we have an obligation, like public safety, right? Um, You know, people react to COVID differently, right? Some people are asymptomatic, some people come down with a minor cough, other people are hospitalized and other people die, right? And so, what's gonna help the most amount of people yeah i think uh one death is one death too many so that's why i like uh, i'm i'm very passionate about that we have to we have to do our part um the 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 longer the the quicker we are able to acknowledge that and get that men, men mindset the quicker we will be in a better spot but um some people tend to not agree with me. So uh, that's why, unfortunately, I do see this going on for quite a while. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, it's, we, if we can do this for the first time, it'd be great. But I mean, unfortunately, it's, it's kind of the other way right now. But, you know, hopefully things will turn around. Yeah. What's just have you made from when you first started being mayor till now? Um... Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know if I've had too many shifts. I definitely think I'm much more confident in my ability to make like an executive decision, um, in my ability to handle like a, like an urgent situation that may arise. Um, definitely much more confident in myself about that, but I'm also, um, you know, I've had experience, uh, you know, just being, being, open to new suggestions and uh, I, I do think that's a, that's a, like I said earlier it's a very important trait that I that I carry now and I think it's so important now more than ever to just be able to listen to others who you may not understand um, I mean I have very strong political opinions um, and, and opinions about a variety of different topics but um, if someone is uh, is willing to have uh, a calm and and reasonable conversation where we don't raise our voice, we just share kind of our 
our, our differences in opinion and make the best case, I'm definitely open to that. And I think sometimes that's not always the case um, today. You know, people are very polarized and not willing to listen. Um, that doesn't mean you stray away from your convictions and you fight for what you believe is right. But um, it is something that you, you do have to listen to people that, you know, may disagree with you. And that's, I think, an, a, a really important trait for someone, for anybody, whether you're in a leadership role and in, in, uh, in the private sector, especially in government, um, but it's a great, it's an important trait to have. And I think I've definitely um, tried my best to make sure that I'm open to that since I've started. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's, that's definitely not something easy to do. I mean, I'm still trying to learn that as well. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely something you got to be conscious about and continue yeah. to practice because it's, just like any other muscle in the body, you know, it's the more you practice, the more you get better at it. Exactly. Yeah. I know you're a man of spirituality kind of faith. Um, what did you learn from that that helped you become successful as a leader and mayor? Yeah, and I think that kind of goes back to my last point. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think a, a really, like growing up and, you know, you're, you're taught your morals, uh, something that's very important for me is treat others as you want to be treated, right? No matter who they are, everyone deserves dignity and respect. Um, so I, I do my best to, to live by that every day, um, whether I agree with them or not. Uh, that's definitely something that, that I, that's really the moral foundation of who I am as a person. Treat others as, as you would like to be treated. That's, that's something that um, has helped me um, as I progress in my career and in my, in my life. I definitely agree. I mean, that's most simplest principles, but it's not the easiest. But it's very, very effective. Yeah. So I know a lot of that, we tell that to kids, but I mean, that's definitely, definitely applicable to us as adults and as people in general. Yeah. And we're just about wrapping up right now. And I asked my guests these uh, same three questions. Okay. The first ones are, what are some key takeaways that you got to, from being a leader? Key takeaways. Um, yeah. Um, listen, treat others with respect. Um, definitely uh, work in a collaborative manner. You can't do everything alone. You need people who are able to, like-minded individuals who are able to do the work with you to get something done. That's super important as well. Um, and just being open and open-minded. I, <clears throat> I think I, I know I repeat that quite a bit, but I think that's such an important trait, being open-minded and being able to listen to, to others. I think that's, that's, that's critical. That's essential. And that's really what makes a great leadership trait. Different agree as well. If a niece or nephew is, say, around the age of 10 or 12, they come at you and they ask you, what do I need to do to become the best leader that I can be? What would you say? I would say they need to, one, uh, you know, they need to be able to have the confidence in themselves to, to have, uh, they need to believe in themselves, right? I think that's, it. that's everybody, right? So, like, when I ran for city council, I really felt that I, I am the best person for this job. Um, and the same thing, same thing with you, Garrett, right? You're, you're starting this, this like YouTube channel, podcast, whatever. You feel that you are confident that you can, 
you know, do an outstanding job um, executing and producing this video, right? So you really have to believe in yourself that you are able to do something or, or you can help others. You really got to believe in yourself. Um, so that's something that I would tell them. Obviously be nice to everybody because you never know um, when somebody, how, like, how you treat others and when somebody may be helpful to you in the future, right? So um, I think that's one thing that, that, my, that uh, my parents did a really good job in terms of instilling in me and my brother as we're growing up. We were trying to be nice to everybody, you know? Um, and it definitely helped when, uh, you know, 20 something, over the course, so you build these relationships over 18 years going through like school, middle school, elementary school, middle school, high school, and then you go off to college. I went to school, we both went to school on the East Coast. But then when I came back and I'm like, you know, this is something that I want to do, I felt it was a lot easier to run for office because of how I treated other people. Um, so if uh, I was talking to someone who was like 10 or 12, I would say be nice to everybody you meet because you never know one, what they're dealing with personally. And two, you never know how they may be able to help you sometime in the future. It's pretty, it's a small world. Um, there's a lot of, uh, like really interesting circumstances that may arise and you know sometimes fate may just come in and surprise you you never know right so that, that's something that i would tell a 10 and 12 year old some really good advice and last question what is your favorite leadership book yeah that's a great question so this is going to sound a little cliche um but i recently finished reading how to win friends and influence people by dale carnegie um, I had originally bought it just because, you know, I've heard so much about it and uh, uh, a lot of people in the political circles, I think it's, think it's like the best book ever. Um, so I was curious, I'm like, you know what, as an elected official, as someone in public service, I need to know how to win over people in order to, you know, implement or achieve the things I want to do. So um, it was a great book. It definitely, there are certain traits that, you know, you can learn from the book. And, um, you know, I think uh, being able to communicate and work with others is, is, is like the most important task for anyone. You can be the smartest person in the world, but if you're not able to work with other people, how, how far is that going to get you, right? You need to be able to have the social skills to communicate, to work collaboratively with others. And um, the, the Dale Carnegie book was definitely a book that I felt um, I learned from and uh, I hope to read more uh, in the future. I definitely think we have, well, I, I had more time now that my campaign is picking up. I probably don't have as much time, but um, it's something I love reading. So um, maybe after November 3rd, I'll, I'll pick up another, another similar to, to how to win friends and influence people. Again, Andrew, I had to thank you so much for your time. This has been such an awesome interview. Yeah. Uh, I know you're running for a state assembly. Where can we as a, and the viewers learn more about your journey to? Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thanks. Thanks for giving that a shout out. You can go on my website. It's uh, www.andrewrodriguezforassembly.com. Um, there's, uh, some, some of my information about my candidacy, what I want to do, uh, as an assemblyman, not only for, uh, the district that I'm running in, um, but also the state of California and, uh, the district is pretty wide. It's pretty large. There's about half a million people that live in it. Um, and it's pretty much the cities of Walnut, Diamond Bar, 
Roland Heights, Roland Heights part of West Covina. Um, and then it goes over into Chino Hills and then it goes down into like Brea, Placentia, La Habra and Norma Linda. So there's about half a million people in there. Um, it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, for anybody interested, please uh, check out my website, andrewrodriguesforassembly.com. And you guys, if you like his knowledge and his wisdom, and then you're definitely gonna like what he has in store for being state assembly. And now you, you have my vote, Andrew, and I hope I you as viewers vote for him as well because I know he's done a great job here at Walnut and I'm 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 definitely sure he's gonna do well for being the state assembly. Awesome. Uh, so thank you. Appreciate that man. Again, stay safe, stay healthy everyone and thank you again, Andrew. Take thank care. you. Thank you.